Greetings from South Central Alaska. Today is November 1st and the rain is coming down on a dustiness snow, making it for ideal conditions to be indoors doing a podcast. Today's episode is an interview with various pilots who operate the Turbine Otter. We have Paul Claus of Ultimate Thule Lodge, Suzanne Rust with K2 Aviation, and Paul Roderick with Talkeetna Air Taxi. While K2 Aviation and Talkeetna Air Taxi are based out of Talkeetna, Paul Claus is based in the Wrangell St. Elias. He has a little bit of history recount of the early days of the Otter. Here's Paul Claus. You know, de Havilland was building the Beaver, and uh, they wanted to build something a little bit bigger and, and do better and whatever, and they threw all their engineering efforts at it, and uh, they developed the DHC-3 Piston Otter, and uh, they from day one, they wanted a 1,000 horsepower on it, um, and but they couldn't put it around back then. They didn't have any turbines and uh, they could only put a 600 horsepower weight wise on the nose and so it was almost half the horsepower they originally wanted but it was an absolutely phenomenal airplane right off the, the, the get-go it stomped the beaver in all aspects and you know everything about it was fabulous except for a little bit underpowered most of the otters built went to military purposes and it wasn't until later that they were brought into alaska then in 1960, Pratt & Whitney came out with the first uh, small gas turbine, and it was 500 horsepower. Well, you're not going to put a 500 horsepower engine on something that's underpowered with 600 horsepower. But they said, well, let's put two of them on there and call it a Twin Otter. So in 1960, the Twin Otter was born, and uh, it was a fabulous 100-series Twin Otter. It was fabulous. It did great, uh, everything. And they basically stopped building the single-engine Otter then, um, and they had, at that point, had built uh, less than 500, and uh, then it wasn't until the mid, mid-1980s, mid I think, or early 80s, um, that a company called Vazar out of uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, came up with an STC for 750-horsepower Pratt & Whitney turbine conversion, and that was, you know, fabulous. It just you know, up the horsepower and uh, made an amazing machine. And I, of course, initially just drooled over that machine. In fact, I went to Vancouver and there was one being built there. And um, I was, uh, anyway, timing wasn't just, wasn't right for us financially, I guess. And uh, then some years later, uh, a guy was flying fuel for us out here at the lodge. And uh, he said, yeah, you need to check out one of these new, uh, Texas turbine conversion otter, a uh, thousand horsepower otters. And he gave me the name or the number of the company or whatever. And, uh, and I called him and, <laughs> and it, you know, I'm thinking I'm talking to a big blown going company. Well, it's a, uh, I didn't know this totally over the phone, but uh, it's not, a, it's a family run business and uh, I'm really their first, cu- first potential customer. <laughs> and they had built a prototype, um, and it, it's a thousand horsepower uh, Garrett Dash uh, Ten uh, uh, turbine conversion, and they had built a, a prototype, but they didn't have the full blown STC yet. 
And anyway, long story short, um, and my wife actually ended up going down there and getting a ride in the prototype, and she said, we got to have one of these. And so uh, we uh, started, I became, I became the first customer for this company, Texas Turbine Conversions, just outside of Dallas. The conversion to 1,000 horsepower really made a difference for the Otter, and it really became a phenomenal aircraft. Here's what Paul Claus has to say about how much he loves flying it. The Turbine Otter is is so phenomenal in what it does. I never get used to it, even with over 7,000 hours in it. It's like, how does this machine do this? It's, it defies logic. <laughs> you know, it takes takes four men and a boy to, to push it into a hangar, but yet it can take off in under 100 feet. In addition to being a fantastic performer, the Turbine Otter was well-suited for glacier flying and landing on the glaciers. Suzanne Rust of K2 Aviation, based out of Talkeetna, Alaska, has this to say about her experiences when they brought the Otter into their fleet. We introduced it, I think, in 2000, 2001, and so we had the first Turbine Otter working in Denali National Park and landing on the glaciers. And through that, we learned that our season, instead of being um, wrapping up in mid-July or early July, depending on the glaciers, we were able to extend um, to go to almost all year-round operations in most cases because the airplanes are so much beefier. They're um, just um, they're able to land um, when it gets a little bit rough or bumpy. Early on in the history of landing in Denali National Park, the common airplane started with the Super Cub and then the 185 and then the Beaver. The Otter was really a game changer as it was able to take 11 passengers, including the pilot and including also a lot of gear. Here's what Suzanne has to say. It's just it's just changed operations so dramatically. Um, just it, and for the ease of getting in, getting people in and out, um, in addition to being easy to load and unload and carrying 11 passengers with gear, the Turbine Otter had an incredible ability to get out of difficult snow conditions. Paul Roderick of Talkeetna Air Taxi and his company have six otters in their fleet. They've been added one by one over the years. And here's what Paul had to say a little bit about the conversion and what an, what an enhancement that became. It could produce you know 900 plus horsepower powered by the the Garrett 331-10, and that was the initial conversion. And then that kind of, once we discovered that by the mid-2000s, it was like, okay, this is an amazing platform. Not only is it just, you're basically not wondering whether you're going to make it off a glacier, but in deep snow, it could be to your waist or chest or deeper, and that, that plane would power you through it. You know, it's it would get stuck once in a while, but manageable, you could dig it out. You know, you didn't never push down it, but once you freed the skis and dug it out, it could make its way pretty much out of any snow condition we could throw at it. As far as high altitude goes, um, I've landed the Otter at 17,000 feet on Mount Logan. I've landed it many, many times on the plateau between Bowen and Churchill at 15,000. Supported a science camp up there one summer, made about 30 landings up there, and nothing else could do it. I mean, even an empty Super Cub wouldn't do what this thing will do. It's amazing, yeah. And uh, there's, of course, you probably know about the the big Valdez flying air show there, the stole competition and stuff. And I've 
over the years when I've gone there, I've taken the otter and, and do a demo. That only, <laughs> they don't really have a category for me <laughs> to compete in. Uh, but I oftentimes beat the winning Super Cub uh, in a takeoff landing uh, competition. Talkeetna Air Taxis was one of the first operators out of Talkeetna that brought the Otter into single-engine IFR operations in the Denali National Park. Here's what Paul Roderick has to say about that. And then we realized it's also a really good high-altitude machine. And we could, you know, oftentimes if it was a lot of big, tall, puffy clouds in the valley or an overcast, we could get up on top. And it was broken in the range. We could fly around and we just could use it more days than we could in the past because it could get above a lot of the weather. And then we realized, well, this would be a really potentially good IFR platform. We worked with the FAA and they were the first IFR, you know, it's basically a single engine IFR turbine powered airplane that was, you know, a, an otter. So we did a bunch of tests with the FAA. It took us a few years to basically establish that it was going to work, was safe and legal. And we did some test flying and even just testing of the avionics to make sure everything was going to work. And, and it did. And we continue that program to this day. So that was- The Turbine Otter is, is so phenomenal in what it does. I never get used to it, even with over 7,000 hours in it. It's like, how does this machine do this? It's, it defies logic. One would think that there would be another airplane more modern that would replace the Otter, but such has not been the case. The guy who developed the Kodiak uh, Kodiak Quest was um, had a lot of Otter experience, apparently, and he was his his goal was to build something that would outdo and or you know nobody would really want an Otter anymore, kind of thing, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the bottom line on the end of that story is he did not. <laughs> the Kodiak's got its own little niche and its own place, but it certainly hasn't replaced the otter by any means. And that concludes today's episode about the turbine otter. The next episode, we'll be talking more with Suzanne Rust about the flying and the spiritual value of flying in the Alaska range, as well as more stories from Paul Roderick. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll also hear some stories about transporting live horses in an otter across the Alaska Range to Big River. Thanks for tuning in, and I'm Katie Ryder. They barely moved the whole flight. This is basically 8A.